On today's episode of Primal Athletics Radio, we are joined by Jacob Hepner. You may know Jacob as a four-time CrossFit Games athlete, coming off his best finish as sixth place in the 2019 Games. Beyond CrossFit, Jacob also has a plethora of entertaining content online that can be found on YouTube. Content such as workout vlogs where Jacob opens up his training to the world while supplying commentary, and a fun web series called Jacob of All Trades, where he tries out various jobs in an effort to give back to his community. Jacob also recently started the web series Fran, fitness-related awesome news, where he spreads good news in a world that desperately needs it. The guys and I talked to Jacob about his charitable efforts, his thoughts on past and future CrossFit games, and of course the viral sensation that is his Corgi Winston. We even sneak in a little Star Wars trivia at the end. We enjoyed our talk with Jacob, and if you did as well, make sure to check out his YouTube page by searching for Jacob Hepner, and follow on Instagram at jhepner66. All right, welcome back, everybody, uh, Primal Athletics Radio. Um, got a super special guest today, Jacob Hepner. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, Multiple-time games athlete, took sixth this past year, 2019 games, um, known to some as Mr. Capacity, uh, my preferred nickname. Um, comes from Kansas, Cobra Command CrossFit. Um, that's the affiliate operating out of and also coach at. Um, I don't know if you're still currently involved in the coaching aspect, but uh, that's kind of home base. Cobra Command got his hands in a lot of different pots. So I'd like to get into some of that today with Jacob and and get your thoughts on a couple different subjects. Hey, yeah, I'm glad to be had. Thank you for having me. Yeah, our pleasure, dude. Um, so first things first, how's, how's things going in quarantine? How's training and how have things changed since we shut it down? Yeah, it hasn't really. So it, it kind of sucks when people ask that because people always eventually ask that question. Uh, I'm already kind of an introvert anyways. Um, and so, you know, being an elite athlete in a sport, sometimes you have to be kind of introverted. And so it, nothing's really changed. I have, luckily, I'm blessed to have, I turned my barn on my property into a gym many years ago because I, there was no space in Cobra Command for me to work out at nights. And I kind of already predicted that. And so nothing's really changed for me. It, it's kind of hard to say, and sometimes it sounds kind of douchey to say that, but I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, it hasn't really changed too much. Um, I've had a lot of, obviously a lot of things I had planned to do had been canceled, whether it was like going to Dubai. We had a lot of things canceled for like weddings and, and sanctionals I was planning on going to, but we're kind of just kind of planned by year and going week by week here. And I think you're, you might be in a unique seat, too, because you're already qualified through the Open. So your season might look a little different than, you know, some of these other athletes who are still looking for qualification before this all hit. I mean, our season's going to look the same. We're not going to – I doubt we have the games, and there's not going to be any more sanctional. So I think pretty sure my season was just like I put a lot of effort in the Open and uh, whoop you law It's not going to happen. So that's that's my bet. If I'm, I'm betting, I'm betting on red. I'm betting on black there. That's my bet. Yeah. <laughs> So even even with the announcements currently that they're trying to do either something virtual or something at the at the ranch, you still don't think it's going to happen? Yeah, so first initial thoughts is this. If we really based it all off virtual, um, left-handerist out of Theonidas out of Greece would have won. And look at him now. <laughs> he can't play for four more years. Number two, my thoughts are I compare it to things in the past, right? So um, one of the waves. This is a good example. Water on the Waves is a cruise. You guys know the story of Water on the Waves for this year? Or did, mm. should I explain it for the viewers or the listeners? You could explain, yeah. Yeah. So Water on the Waves is supposed to happen this year. Um, it's essentially a um, company that puts together – they bring a bunch of CrossFit at, Games athletes on a boat, on a cruise boat, and they fill it with a bunch of fans. It's a great idea, honestly. 
and you go on there and you work out in the Bahamas or wherever they go and they work out in the boat and do stuff like that. And so, of course, but Water in the Waves does not own the boat, right? The boat's owned and contracted through Carnival or whatever, some bigger boat company. And so Water in the Waves kept saying, we're not canceling this. No matter when all the quarantine hit and all the cancellations hit, Water in the Waves was like, we are not canceling. We are continuing to have this against everyone's better judgment and against everyone else that, that naysayers and everyone was pissed because they weren't going to refund anybody. They said, we're not going to refund anybody. We're still having, we're still having our, our thing. And everyone wanted to pick up a pile of poop and throw it on Wad and the Waves. But what they didn't think about was the fact that Wad and the Waves probably has a deposit down on that boat and Carnival's in charge. So if Wad on the Waves cancels it, this is at least my thoughts. My thought is, okay, they're not going to get their money back because Carnival's like, what? if you cancel it, that's your fault. But if Carnival, if their boss cancels it, you know, the people who own the boats, then Wad on the Waves should get a refund, right? Because it's out of their control. And then they can refund everybody else and it rolls downhill. I think that's going to be the same thing for the games this year. I think we're moving it to mm-hmm. Aromas, but I, I don't know why. Um, but my thought is it's going to be canceled because I think, uh, we're going to claim the games are going to happen because we're under contract with Reebok and Reebok won't pay unless it's canceled by some other higher power, not by Reebok, but by the state of California or the state of Michigan or Wisconsin, wherever Wisconsin, sorry, not Michigan. So until state of California says, yo, you're not having the games, then they're out of contract and Reebok still has to pay because out of CrossFit's hands. That's my thoughts. Um, I have not actually said that vocally before, but that's my thoughts on the situation. What do you guys think? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it make it makes sense. Either either that, or they just want to do like a small time throwback, like do a fo- a couple like video streams at Aromas. But yeah, I could I could also see your point definitely. I mean, I would love I would love to have it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a naysayer saying I don't want to have the games. I would love to have it, same as everyone else. But I think. It's probably not. I'm betting, man. I'm betting. I'm not betting for it right now. Yeah. Has that been maybe something that, uh, like talking to other games athletes, do you think that's kind of the prevalent thought right now? Um, to be honest, all the CrossFit games athletes I've talked to pretty much now have all been pretty much through this YouTube series I'm doing. And the, when I interviewed and talked to them, we literally, I told them in the beginning, we are not going to talk about CrossFit. I said, unless you really want to, <laughs> I was like, I'm sick of it. I was like, I guarantee you're sick of it because unfortunately, and this happens, right? People um, will take you and say, Jacob Hetner or Matt Frazier or Brooke Wells or Noah Olsa. And they think, oh, CrossFit. And so when they talk to you, they want to talk about just CrossFit. And after a while, as a human being, you think to yourself, okay, well, I'm more, unless that's all they do, like literally that's all they do. And some athletes are like that. I said, most of them get sick of the fact of, I don't want to talk about CrossFit anymore. Like that's, you know, like I'm more than just, how fast my friend is and how fast I can run a mile. Uh, Games athletes. It's honestly about what are you up to? What's your favorite Netflix series? Let's try a dance together. Let's do it like a a quiz. Let's, you know, stuff like just have a good time and just having a good laugh pretty much. So that's a great point. Let's, uh, let's talk about what you've been doing on YouTube. You've you've been pretty busy uh, over the last few weeks and a few years actually on YouTube. So you've been doing Fran uh, fitness related awesomeness news. If I got that right. Awesome. Uh, so what, awesome what, what, news. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Awesomeness uh, is also what, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> what was the idea behind this and uh, what, what have you been running with? Yeah. So before we started recording this call, we talked about which one are you from, which one are you from not Nashua or you help run the gym in Nashua. Uh, I'm over at yeah. South. We talked beforehand. Yeah. So Eric, 
So Eric's from Nashua, right? Is that right? Okay. Right. So yeah. Nashua is obviously from The Office. The Office is a huge show. And obviously one of the major um, actors in The Office is Jim Krasinski. John Krasinski, sorry. He plays Jim on the show. And he did something called Some Good News. And I remember watching it for the first time. And essentially it's a YouTube series where he gets on there and decided that, um, you know, you turn on ABC or CNN or Fox News, whatever you watch, you turn on the TV in general. And it's just a bunch of, it's just, it's not fun. It doesn't put a smile on your face. And it's not, it's not a good time. I don't watch enough news to be honest, because I get sick of it. And he decided there needed to be something out there that was happy and go lucky and, and show the positive side of anything, whether, whatever was going on at the time. And I watched it. I thought, this is completely genius. I said to myself, this is super smart. Um, and I thought to myself, someone needs to do this for the CrossFit space, because there's a lot of positive things going on in our space. But right now, a lot of people see the negative things. The negative things are, I'm stuck at home. My gym is having a hard time paying for itself, and I don't have access to a barbell, you know, stuff like that. And so I thought to myself, someone needs to do this. And then the more I thought about this, the more I thought to myself, well, that's someone's property is going to be have to be you, right? And so I said, okay, well, we're going to do this. I pulled in a videographer who had kind of the same positive feelings and thought this would be really fun to do together. And so essentially what it is is every week on Thursday, um, we sit down, I collect content throughout the week from people, usually under some kind of heading, come some kind of section like fitness with dogs or creative fitness at home or fitness with gerbils or whatever. I don't know. And um, <laughs> then I pull in usually some CrossFit games. out Someone you know in the space, I alternate between male and female every week. And then I also pull in people that you wouldn't know, some non-household name in our sport who's still out there doing good and impacting our community in a positive way that isn't in it for the fame or glory and you wouldn't know their name or know about their story whatsoever unless you knew them as a gym owner. And so every week we sit down and we interview them via Zoom or Skype and record it, put it up there um, a week later for the watch. The first one we did was Noah Olson. Um, the second one we did was Brooke Wells. And the one we recorded on Thursday that will go out this Thursday will be Patrick Vellner. And then this Thursday we'll be having uh, Danny Spiegel on. So okay. we're having a good time. It's fun. Very fun. Awesome. Yeah, you've definitely been someone who's not only embraced social media, but kind of leaned into it a lot. Uh, well, going back to when you first decided to start a YouTube page, what was the thought process behind that? And what were some goals you had with your YouTube page? Yeah, <clears throat> first, um, when someone so the reason I started it, to be honest, is people kept messaging me and saying, you should do YouTube. You'd be great at it. <laughs> and at the time, and this was like three, four years ago, at the time, like, I think YouTube since then has grown in its popularity and at least even the past four years, to be honest, because when they kept saying YouTube, I'm thinking to myself, isn't that the place you go to like, look up how to fix a sink? Like, why am I going to be good at that, at that, at that website? Like I don't fix sinks. And, uh, I kept getting that from random people and kept getting told you should start a channel, you should start a channel. Finally, I said, okay, to heck with it. I bought a really cheap camera. And, uh, I decided to film some workouts and just commentate on them. And people loved it because there was a void. And the, the reason why it went over so well in the beginning is because there was a void in the sport. And there still honestly is a void in the sport. It's slowly getting filled more and more. But there was a void in our sport because there wasn't and there still isn't a lot of elite level athletes that show full training workouts. I mean, tell me a time that you've seen a CrossFit Games athletes do a full workout on, on camera or in person probably the CrossFit Games regionals. And other than that, you're like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never seen, uh, you know, like for instance, I've never seen Matt Frazier do a full workout unless it was like his open recording because he won or he's at the games whooping us in a workout. <laughs> and so I decided there was a void there that could be filled because 
a lot of people look at us or us in the sport at the top and think to themselves, oh, these guys are gods and goddesses of the sport. But really when it comes down to it, we are the same as everyone else. And I decided there was a, um, a hole to fill and to show the realness and the rawness of the sport that, look, I'll show you a video of me failing. I'll show you a video of me failing muscle-ups or failing snatches because it's important for people to realize that we all start on the same level, right? I started CrossFit uh, five, whatever, six years ago. And I remember whipping myself to death with double unders. And I remember trying to learn how to do muscle-ups. I mean, we've all been there. But a lot of people look at it now and think, oh, he's untouchable. Like, he's so perfect. And that's not true. And so that's kind of the reason why I started. And it allows me to be creative in my own, in my own means, which I thoroughly enjoy. Mm. Yeah, talk about being – oh, go ahead allowing the the personality to shine through too. Again, as you know, that top tier athlete, um, you're showing us the training aspect, but you're also allowing the personality of, you know, being outside of a competitive situation, uh, maybe not just getting a snippet of you at the games, but getting like your person at home and at work. And um, I think that was also a space that you filled through the, through the channel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's a different. I'm not saying for CrossFit Games athletes, but there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately use social media and they're a little bit different than they are in person. Um, and, and granted, like that's it's different for atmosphere. So right, like you might talk to me right now or meet me in person, and be like, oh, you're the same person literally I've seen on social media. And that's different when you go to the games and you're trying to compete, right? That's a little bit different when you're it's a harder stress environment. But I think it's it's important for people to realize it's important to show people that hey, the person I am that you see me on the side of the street, same person I am on Instagram, the same person you're going to see on YouTube. It's not like there's like a, oh, I'm going to put on a smile on my face for YouTube or Instagram or whatever. <clears throat> so yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, we talk about being, uh, being raw and showing that you are uh, just an, uh, another person, even though you have been to the games. I mean, there's no more raw experience than that uh, standard that we will not name from 2018. I mean, what was that like going through where you had that on video and, uh, being very vocal about it and going through what you went through in 2018 with the open. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was rough. Like I'm not going to lie. It was hard. If, if I sat here and said we did, there wasn't tears cried in the house, I'd be a lying man. Like it was, it's really rough to go through something and have something that's out of your control. I think what you really realize quickly on is, um, just like any organized sport, you pay to play their game, right? So any NFL player, uh, NFL changes rules regardless of how they feel about the athletes and they, they make certain rules that they benefit or don't benefit certain people. Um, and from my perspective, that was the same thing CrossFit Games did, and that's any organized sport. And um, so I learned that kind of early on a couple of years ago that, you know, it's out of my control. Um, I, you know, it doesn't matter how many – I can't throw a tantrum. I can't kick a wall. I can't start throwing things and screaming and, and – Putting stuff on social media that's negative is not going to do you any good, right? There's no reason to make enemies. It's not going to get me to the games. It's just going to make people think that you're pathetic. And so I said, you know what? To heck with it. I'm just going to roll with the rule, and we'll just get past it, and hopefully next year they change it. Um, and I'll say, you know, I think I said one time, I don't agree with it. That was it. I'm not going to sit here and complain mm -hmm. about it and, and throw a tantrum, roll on the floor in a store like a little kid. Um, and then I think um, this year, uh, a lot of people have, have gone through the same thing I went through in 2018. You know, CrossFit Games decided to make some rules for cuts this year that people didn't, did or didn't agree with. And, you know, like, um, you know, how they made cuts, when they made cuts, you know, at, at what certain point of the games they should have not or did make cuts, whatever the case may be. And I think what a lot of people are realizing is, you know, what I realized two years ago is like, look, 
you pay to play their game. They make their own rules. They don't care how you feel. Um, and uh, you just have to get past it. Like, there's not much complaining you're going to do. It's still going to be, like, rules of the rules kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen you weigh in a little bit on the uh, the Castro and Vellner kind of love affair going on online right now. What do you think about uh, – what were your thoughts on some of the, the, the new rules this last season? You, you benefited – because uh, you, you did great in the games, but you obviously made it to that final 10. Um, what do you think about the new cuts, and do you think there was any legitimacy to some of the, the complaints about the new rules? Ah, I don't really care. I mean, what's the point of me telling my opinion on it? It's not going to change it, like uh, whether it's good or bad. I mean, but there's advantages to both sides. I really like the 40 guys and 40 girls because you worked your tail to get off there, to get there, and then once you were there, you knew you were stuck there, you know? And it, it does suck to, to, you know, from my perspective, like um, I had bought tickets for my parents, really good tickets in the Coliseum for my parents. Like if I hadn't made it, I would have been out that money. And so there is, it does suck to some degree. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you that, oh, you know, what to heck with those guys who got cut. Like it does blow. Mm-hmm. I can totally see a lot of disadvantages to it. So there's obviously benefits and disadvantages to both sides of the field. My opinion really doesn't matter. It's not going to change it. So. As someone who made a big positive came out of uh, the new rules was for you. I like, I think, I think I said this before, I like the intimacy of the games. It was very intimate. Uh, in years past, it was 40 guys, 40 girls, and we were always in separate sides of the tent, which makes sense. Um, and this year it was 10 guys and 10 girls. And we literally took the same bus. Um, we, we shared the same big room. We had separate bathrooms. We showed this. So it was very intimate. It was very close knit which was a lot different than I've been used to in years past because, you know, um, you got to sit down and talk with Noah and talk with Matt and sit down and just catch up with Haley Adams and so and such forth. And so it was, it was very cool. I actually enjoyed the intimacy part of it. Yeah. Kind of like speaking to that more. I, I remember a few years back, Greg Glassman said like he was um, like disappointed where in the original games, like all the athletes got together and they like hung out and joked and like, had dinner together and it was a good time. And then as the games progressed, some of the athletes would, you know, they wouldn't talk, they'd measure their food and like, it, it wasn't a fun time. Do you, do you think it's swimming, swinging back towards like people are having a good time or do you see that at all? Or? Well, I think the, <laughs> what Greg needs to understand is he's the one that caused that. I mean, once yeah. you start putting money into it, that's what happens in sports. Like if there was no money, if you were still given if you were still given a $500 gift certificate to Reebok, you'd probably still see that. But as soon as you start offering half a million do- dollars in sponsorships that are paying you upwards of a million dollars to win the games, then people are going to start measuring their food and taking it more of a job and less as a hobby. And so, yeah. I mean, that's how sports work. So, I mean, if he yeah. wants it to go back to that, which it was sort of like that this year, and I enjoyed it. If he wants it to go back to that, then probably needs to drop Reebok. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think it's a good point. It's kind of, you can't have both. Do you want it to be a legitimate sport or do you want it to be kind of a hangout barbecue kind of thing and uh, pick your poison there? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it's potential that the CrossFit health versus CrossFit sport could, you know, fork at some point? Is that potential down the road in your opinion? I think it should have already forked already personally. Like, uh, um, I, some people tend to think the CrossFit games is a great marketing tool that does bring people into the gym. Don't get me wrong. But when you, when you have people that drop into the gym that don't really understand, right. 
if they drop in this, so like we, if we have people that come into corporate command CrossFit, like during a random hour of the day and I'm in there working out, I am the worst person for you to walk into and talk to. I'm very social, but if you see me from far away, you think, oh, hell no, I'm not talking to that guy. Like, cause most of the time when people walk into a gym, right, they are probably not in great shape. They probably don't have a super high self. Now, that's not everybody, but they probably don't have a super high self-esteem and they want it. They want to be co- not coerced, but to be persuaded and said, Hey, this is a really welcoming place. They don't want to walk in and see somebody who's elite level of the sport working out and breathing heavy with hardly any clothes on. That's probably not going to bring them back and make them feel comfortable. So I think there, there's a, there's a difference in the split there. Like I am not a great marketing tool for my gym. Like people need to understand that the CrossFit games is great, but it's like, does it bring people into the gym? Yes. But does it, will it dissuade some people? Absolutely. And I think people need to realize that. I tend to agree with that. My own personal story is that before I started CrossFit, I had that friend who was annoying, who never stopped talking about it. And what I knew of CrossFit was watching the early games with Fronings and, and Kalipas and all these big jack guys. And I was like, I can't do those things. So this probably isn't for me. Little did I know it was going to be my passion in my career someday. Uh, but it did stop me from entering the gym a little earlier than I, I may have would have uh, had it not been for that. So I do tend to agree with that a little bit. Uh, there's, there should be somewhat of a split there. And, and we should realize or, or market better that this is a sport. And then what we do in the gym is, is for everyday people and for health. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, kids going into the DMV and show them a freaking Formula One video. You're like, okay, kids, we're going to do the DMV. Let's watch this Formula One video. And then we're going to take you out. I'm going to piss my pants. Like, that's totally different, right? like, it's not the same thing. So. Yeah, that was that's a great a analogy. analogy. Cop- copyright pending on that. Great example. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back, I want to dial it back a little bit. Uh, doing some research leading up to today. Uh, I knew you played football in college, but I, uh, I found some pretty cool stuff I didn't know about. In 2011, uh, you were one of 11 people who received the AFCA Good Works uh, Team for Community Service Award. Can you explain uh, what that award was and what you did to lead up to receiving that award? Yeah, so um, I was one of 11 collegiate football players across the nation uh, who were chosen because of uh, community service they had done their community service they had done their community. Um, they had done in their small group of people. Um, I was thrown into a pot uh, by somebody, probably my coach or somebody like that, and um, voted on. And then 11 of us were chosen across the nation to go to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, and. Uh, yeah, uh, on the team was a bunch of was a bunch of guys on the team. One of them was RG three, actually. Um, oh no way! Dude, I don't even know if he did he do football anymore. I, was I don't believe he's on a roster right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I vividly remember us. We went there. I had a fun day. I actually led a kids camp, and I vividly remember them doing a race. Right? We decided to do like a race, and RG three is there, and obviously RG three is very freaking fast. And I remember him. <laughs> beating most of us running backwards he was a freak it's just a freak athlete um but yeah so i was chosen for that we've done a lot of stuff my coach uh for my college football team um stress community service and i helped run a bunch of things on campus whether it was walking kids to school um i led a bone marrow drive a bone marrow swabbing drive not giving bone marrow on our college campus um and along with i was also involved with a couple other just random things across campus and in our community so very good. And it seems like uh, charitable actions are something you still carry through to this day. I, I know it's on uh, one of your other YouTube little pieces you do there, the Jacob of all trades, you're trying to promote 
um, oh, yeah. and bring, bring awareness to a lot of different things there. That's the creative side coming out. Like I decided to start YouTube and I do the most randomest things. <laughs> I'm like today we're going to go dance in high heels and <laughs> give money to people. I like it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was kind of an idea. That was an idea that uh, fit aid and I had kind of gotten together and drafted up. And the concept was the whole idea was actually related back to CrossFit. It was the idea of we spend all of our time measuring our fitness inside the four walls of our box and we don't take our fitness outside the gym. Whereas if you look at the CrossFit pyramid of hierarchy of hierarchy, CrossFit hierarchy of uh, movement, sport is the top. Now I'm not saying that, you know, riding a horse, well actually riding a horse is a sport, but maybe making ice cream isn't a sport like one of the videos I did. But the goal and point of CrossFit is, hey, you get fit inside these four walls, but don't forget to take it outside and use it out there. And that's where a lot of people miss it at. And so the purpose of the video was to showcase using your fitness outside the gym in areas that are not CrossFit related, you know, whether it was dancing in high heels, uh, riding horses, um, what did we do? Roller derby. That was great. Um, make, doing ice cream. There's a couple of, uh, helping out at a, a animal shelter and stuff like that. And we also, for the views we got, we donated back to either that organization, if it was a 501c or if it was directly connected to one. So it was a, it was a really cool opportunity. Very cool. Awesome. Like a, uh, a revivification of dirty jobs. Remember that show with Mike Rowe? He used to go around. Exactly what it was. That was killer. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I loved that show. I loved Mike Rowe. Um, it, was, it was a great concept. And I thought to myself, like the same thing I did for Fran, like someone needs to do this for the CrossFit space. We're trying to do a season two for Jacob of all trades. Um, we, uh, but the problem was, it was going to be this spring, but the problem is everything shut down. So we're going to keep pushing it back and help, we'll hopefully do another one with some great ideas. We had, we had a blast filming it. So. What was your favorite one you did? Honestly, it, it's weird, but my favorite one was the, was the dancing in high heels. Like it was really <laughs> fun. Um, and people laugh at that, but like, um, but like you can't, it probably, if you, the, the difference is like, there's not many CrossFit games out there, males at least, I don't know the females as much, who would go out and do something that's out of their comfort zone because a lot of them consider themselves, they are considering themselves, they are elite in their sport. And so sometimes taking an elite athlete outside their comfort zone and having them do something they're not good at, it, it really is a shock to their pride. And so they won't end up doing a lot of things. There's very few of us, but like Noah would be a great one for this. He, he's someone who doesn't care and just has a good time. But um, it's really difficult to get out of your comfort zone and do something you know you're not going to be good at when you, when you hold yourself at a higher level for things than you do in life. And so the dancing with high heels one was the first one we decided to do, the first one we filmed. And it was like when they picked it, I was like, why did we pick this? And they were like, well, not only are we going to make you go to a dancing class, we're going to make you do it in high heels with everyone else. And I was like, one of one, I haven't worn high heels ever. And if I did, I wouldn't admit it, right? And I'm like, okay, I got to go buy high heels. So we bought them like an hour before. It wasn't like I had to practice on them for like a day. It was like, you have 30 minutes, here's some high heels, go get some blisters, go have fun. And it was a really cool experience afterwards and even during because it was, we walked into this huge, all fourth big combined, the walls have been blown out. And it was fun because there was 30 people in there, all females, except for me and one other guy coach, I believe. And so, of course, I'm walking to a room full of all girls, and I have high heels on, and my shorts look really short. And it was just really cool because I didn't feel like I was being judged. I didn't feel like it was like, 
what's this guy doing here? Like, he doesn't belong here. He obviously sucks at dancing. It was just, it was, you were accepted no matter who you are, what you did, and the fact that I can't dance worth a crap. And that was, to me, was a cool experience. And it kind of allowed me to say, okay, I can do the rest of these. If I can dance in high heels, I can for sure ride a freaking horse. And so that was really cool. That was my favorite one, I think. That's awesome. Uh, and again, going back to just talking about like being raw and putting yourself out there. I don't think there's anything uh, more raw than oh, dancing I, in high I've heels on YouTube. <laughs> no, I was so, when we did it, I was like, oh, this is going to be some great content, guys. This is going to be great. <laughs> so I think Jacob's perfect for the show I've been talking about. I've been pitching to these guys. I want to take some elite level athletes and make them do some really obscure sports like uh, the lumberjack championship or extreme ladder racing or hobby horsing. So I think you might be perfect yeah. for that next you, YouTube series. You'd have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, when the, when the CrossFit <laughs> Games are canceled this year and probably for the entirety of our lives, probably, <laughs> then you should probably consider doing that. Like, uh, that would be pretty cool. Right. Actually, the funny thing is, uh, you know who you need to get on the show is my good friend, Hunter McIntyre. Dude's a freaking hoot. He's a freaking, he's the absolute, like, people Eric. tend to like him in the beginning because they're like, number one, they think, wow, he doesn't deserve to be in our sport. He doesn't deserve to have a spot at the games. Granted, when half the national champs can't kind of rope, but I digress. And uh, but he is when you get to meet him or talk to him, you find out you absolutely love this guy. And he did something somewhat similar to that. He was on a TV show. He'll tell it better if you ever get him on. He was on a TV show that I think aired in Canada, and they took some elite level athletes that were runners, pretty much. They had essentially had high VO twos, and they took them around the world, and they did elite endurance races but not just like running it was like cross-country skiing it was all it was just essentially any endurance race that you can consider endurance because they were endurance athletes they shoved him in an endurance race and he tells a really funny story about how he went they were up in canada and the next show they were filming was a cross-country skiing endurance race and they of course asked there was like 10 people on this endurance team he was one of them like five and five males and females and so, of course, they had to ask him, can you guys ski, obviously. And Hunter couldn't ski. He didn't ever grow up skiing. But he didn't want to not be included. So he was like, yeah, of course I can ski. And so he had to go out there. It was like a 100-mile cross-country ski race oh. that took like seven hours. And he was like, I had to teach myself how to ski in the first couple of miles. <laughs> Anyways, that's just my recommendation. If you have someone on the show next, you need to grab Hunter and, and tell him I sent you. All right. Well, we'll try to get him on next. That's actually also a, a good little segue there. Um, with your time off in 2017-18, you did take some time to go into the OCR world. What was uh, that crossover like? And uh, were any of your skills kind of transferable to that OCR world? Uh, they don't transfer, number one. Uh, I'm not, it's funny. You, I would consider myself a, one of the better runners in our sport. But as soon as you take me and shove me into a running sport, I am the absolute bottom of the basket. Um, but uh, I had some time off. And uh, Hunter had invited me out to come try uh, TMX at the time, which doesn't exist because Tough Mudder went bankrupt, RIP. And um, TMX was a one-mile race, obstacle course race, with a little bit of functional fitness CrossFit thrown into it. And he invited me out for it, and I just fell in love with it. It was just fun, and the people were fun. Um, and I always tell people, a lot of people tend to be, this is for any sport, a lot of people tend to be really judgy. They tend to think that their sport of fitness or their form of fitness is the best way to become fit, right? So, you know, that's, that's how you, that's why you get a lot of views on videos like 
bodybuilder versus powerlifter or crossfitter versus bodybuilder versus, you know, those kind of videos get a lot of views because people seem to want to wait them out and say, okay, well, who's, what's the best form of fitness? When in actuality, just come down to what you're passionate about. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you get off the couch, stop playing Fortnite and do some kind of fitness. Who cares? And so that's kind of what, how our relationship with Hunter and I kind of started off was, He's very, very famous and very elite at what he does in his sport, obstacle course racing running. He's a freak, just a complete freak at it. And uh, so the crossover between us and our friendship has really pushed some people to get outside the gym because there's benefits to both sides. Like people, like I mentioned before, previous, like five minutes ago, people need to get outside the box and take their, their fitness outside and do something. And a great way of doing that is a Spartan race, is a Tough Mudder, is a, is a whatever you want to call it. And, uh, but then again, some people who are doing tough motor spot races, it would really benefit their running form, their ability not to hurt themselves to come into a cross, cross the gym and learn how to move their body in space. Um, and so there's benefits to both sides. Our sports are really heavily related and closely related. We all started kind of at the same time. Of course, racing CrossFit started very similar and they're all kind of stem from, uh, the first responders field from the military a lot. And so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a, a friendship, but we, we love each other and we ha- enjoy uh, talking trash and, and joining and doing each other's things together. And we're actually, the next thing we're doing is depending on how this, all this quarantine stuff goes, it goes is Hunter is actually going to try and break the Murph world record, um, in May this year. And so he's going to do it at Fort Bragg and he's invited myself. He's obviously going a couple OCR guys, uh, Chandler Smith and Noah Olson out there to do alongside him. I mean, we're not going to even get close to him. Let's be real with ourselves, but it's going to be fun to do it next to him and cheer him on. And hopefully he hopefully beats it. So what is the record? Mm, I think it has to be unpartitioned. <clears throat> and uh, he told me it's like, it's like somewhere between like 31 to 33 minutes. But I think <clears throat> that record is measured. At, that is a record like where it was filmed and like measured out, right? Like not like me just going out my gravel road and saying, I got 27 minutes. <laughs> like it actually is filmed to some degree. So I'm sure someone has gotten it a better score, but did they run a mile? I don't know. You know, was it always downhill? I don't know. But anyway, so I think that's what the record is. So he's been practicing for that for months now. He's, he's going he's gonna to smoke it. So we're going to go out there. I'm going to get my teeth kicked and doing it next to him. <laughs> that's that's a ridiculous time to try to beat. Um, with yeah. with the whole shutdown, you've already you've already said that you don't think the games are going to happen this year. Has this made you think a little bit about uh, after the games? Uh, what what's what's in line for Jacob after the games end and, and after competing ends? Oh man, what a great subject! Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people don't tend to think about that. Um, I love the people in my sport, but I think a lot of people tend to be very nearsighted in their idea of, you know, their nearsightedness. They look only a year ahead, a season ahead, instead of looking and saying, okay, well, when I'm done with the sport, how do I stay relevant or what do I want to do? Maybe I just want to leave the sport completely. That's fine. But what do you want to do with yourself? Um, A good example of someone who does not do that and a good friend of mine is Brent Fikowski. Um, And I tell a lot of guys in our sport this, that, I mean, Matt Frazier is great and I respect Matt Frazier a lot, but it's not because Matt Frazier has won the games four or five years, how many years it is in a row. I respect him because he's a smart individual and he plans things and you can tell he, he's, he's very wise. And the same can be said for Brett, Brett Fikowski because he's, 
you know, whether he's got second at the games and he's a freak athlete and he's an amazing dude, but he's very smart and very calculated for that. I respect him for it. And so a lot of guys don't tend, guys and girls don't tend to think about that, but I think it's important for people to talk about, especially as an elite athlete, because I can't compete forever. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of um, thought has been put in that. That was one of the reasons why I started the YouTube channel. Um, not only does it allow me creativity and to provide a, a separate platform to bring in sponsors, but it also allows me the opportunity to stay relevant in the sport past it, right? Because instead of a platform where people respect my opinion, um, past the spot of competing. Um, on top of that, I've started multiple companies that will keep me relevant in the sport. Um, number one is Midwest Made is my personal programming company where you can literally, similar to what, what is Rich doing, where essentially it's my programming, literally everything I'm doing just a week behind because like I mentioned, there's no secret to the sauce. You can, I don't care if you see me fail or see what I'm doing. It, you know, it's the work you got to put in that really matters. And so Midwest Made is another company I started and then Functional Eating is a company that we're going to start on Monday, I'm um, actually um, a couple of days from tomorrow, actually. And then we're going to wow. open up to the public that is essentially like the, pe the people that do my nutrition. Um, they don't really do it for anybody. They do it like in-house at our gym and they're great people, great team. And I decided, okay, well, this needs to be opened up to the public, but they don't have the option and the pull to bring people to them, right? So I said, okay, well, I'm going to supply that for you. And then you're going to essentially do the same thing you do for me to everyone else. So, like it's annoyingly daily contact which annoys me but some people love <laughs> accountability um and yeah just the other concepts of um we're i'm doing a lot of uh stuff directly and that is like i have a i'm working with a group of developers right now to develop an app in our space i think needs to happen as so we've started work on that um that's going to be really exciting and really useful um for a lot of affiliates and so um we'll do i'm doing a lot of things in the sport that I think people need to do and I think athletes need to take advantage of. And I hope that people think about their future as much as I tend to do. Um, because, you know, like, I guess the end of your question to finally answer it is if there's one thing I would love to do, um, I would love to probably announce. I love that. Uh, I enjoy speaking. I mean, I do that already. I commentate on my watching myself work out, which is super <laughs> boring. Right? Here I am sweating and breathing like a fat kid. Um, but I enjoy that speaking and meeting people and something like that. You know, after them competing, it's probably something I would look into is just being like, hey, Sean, hey, Tommy, that's, I want to join up, you know. And that Britt actually did that. And I, he's very good at it. I, I appreciate Britt doing it because he's very analytical, looks at it from that perspective instead of a, you know, instead of someone just getting on there announcing and not really having a background in it, you know, I, I think they used to do that when they had like CBS do it for us, you know, like yeah. kids never done CrossFit in his life and he's announcing for us. It's like, okay, bro, get out of here. <laughs> so something like that would be really exciting. I would, I would enjoy doing that when I'm done. So I think that'd be really great for the sport because you look at something like football too, where you have some announcers who are professional announcers who are good at their job. And then you're watching a game with like Tony Romo and he comes in and he breaks down what's happening during the play what he thinks the quarterback is thinking about during this play, his reads he's making. So to hear it from a games athlete's perspective as well, uh, who has that personal experience, I think would be that next piece to kind of, to growing that, that, that piece of watching the sport, which I think really needs. Cause as I don't know about, you've probably never watched it besides the, the years you were out, but as someone who even loves CrossFit, sometimes watching the CrossFit games can be a little painful, uh, whether it be the announcing Absolutely. or just the, the workouts that are happening. So, I think that'd be a great, great to have people who are in the sport start transitioning into the, the media aspect of it. They need a color man and I'll be that color man. <laughs> they call it the color man. Yeah. There you go. 
is Winston awesome. going to be on the on the channel as well? Is he going to be your assistant color man? <laughs> Dude, my dog, if you haven't noticed, has already become more popular than me in the past three days, man. Like he's famous. Like, man. He's gonna, he was on he was on Fox News recently. Yes. What happened yes, with that? Like, oh, so okay, so like, so I saw this video. I'm I'm pretty active on our on CrossFit Reddit. I enjoy being on there, and hearing people's ideas and seeing stuff. That's where I source a lot of stuff and ideas from. And um, I'm part of this Reddit group. I don't even know. It's like about cute animals. Okay. And, and, you know, I like to have a tear at night and watch some cute animals. Okay. <laughs> and this video popped up and it was like this, vi- this guy had done this video, which I thought was hilarious. It was like, he like, he was in his room in his hallway. There's nothing in the hallway with him. And he had like this can of tuna. Okay. And he like, he's filming with this camera and he opens up this can of tuna and there's nothing in the hallway with him. He opens up this can of tuna, looks back and there's a cat sitting there. And I thought, that's the most hilarious video. I like, I like, I'm not even, I hate cats, but I thought that's hilarious. Like, that's so funny. And so I showed my wife the video and she was not impressed. She was like, that's not that funny. And I thought, okay, well, our sense of humor is obviously different from this because I like the office and I think that's funny. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I said, hey, we should do this with our dog, but we should do it with like whipped cream. And she was like, mm, it's not that funny. And I was like, we should totally do it. And this was like a month ago. And so finally, I convinced her to do it with me one night to help me with it because I need help. Obviously, that dog cannot move that way horizontally. She was pushing him. So for those of you that don't know, like <laughs> dogs getting pushed, right? Dogs don't walk like this, right? <laughs> and so I, we filmed it and I put on Instagram. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious. She still didn't think it was funny. And it just blew up. And then it just went everywhere. And then I had to actually sell it to, I'd not sell it, but I had to sign over certain rights to a company to take care of it. And then it was on Fox News. And I think MTV got a hold of us. I think NBC got a hold of my wife for it. And yeah, so my dog's a little bit more famous than me, which is whatever. <laughs> you just put up with it, I guess. So, if all else anyways, fails, so, you got Corgi yeah. Fit. Yeah, when all else fails, I'm going to drop all my companies and we'll do Corgi Fit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome, Jacob. Uh, I don't know if you guys had anything else for him. What about some uh, quick Star Wars trivia? Oh, yeah. We did. Uh, we heard through the grapevine you were a Star Wars fan, and we do have another big Star oh. Wars fan in, in the uh, group here. So I want to hit you guys with some little bit of trivia just kind of see who's the, who's the bigger fan here. So are you, are you asking and all three of us are answering? Is that what's going on here? Just oh, you so you're going to – you and Just Aaron, me versus you, I think. So what I was going to oh, do is oh, ask you guys oh. each a couple questions here, and you guys can take okay. one at a time answer them. And I totally forgot so, what we were doing this. I should me? have prepared more. <laughs> so are you going to ask the question to like me, and then if I get it wrong, he gets it, and then the next question, he answers it, and if he gets it wrong, I get it. Like, I get to answer it. Yeah, we'll do it that way. Again? Perfect. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Shoot. All right. We're going to start nice and easy. Jacob, you up first. We'll give you a nice little, uh, little softball here to hit. What is Luke's Chewbacca's name? <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, that'd be Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, we got actually no, it's not. That's not right. What, what was the question? Sorry. What is Luke's uncle's name? So going over to Eric. Yeah, Uncle Ben. <laughs> right. I had Owen as the answer. Oh, Owen? Uncle Owen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're totally right. Yeah, we suck. So I've already, I've already, I've already lost at this point. I quit. <laughs> yeah, I'm admittedly not a huge fan. So if there is an Uncle Ben, you guys are also right. 
You know what? I think it might be his first thing, but keep going with the questions. You keep all right. Going back to Jacob, another little little softball here for someone who's a big fan. Where did Princess Leia grow up? Where did Princess Leia grow up? R.I.P. Alderaan. Alderaan, correct. All right. Going over to Eric. What is Darth Vader's real name? Oh man, Anakin Skywalker. That was easy. This All looks right. fixed now. Hate. We're done. No, we're done with the Hayden easy Christensen. Now. <laughs> <laughs> we're done with the easy ones. We're moving on a little bit. Going back to Jacob here. Lando City is in the clouds of which place? Bespin. Bespin. There we go. Correct. The Cloud City. All right. Going over to Eric. What does TIE as in TIE Fighter stand for? I don't know, man. Tactical, tactical infantry accelerator. <laughs> Not right. Know. Going over to Jacob. What does TIE stand for? Honestly, uh, I, I'm assuming there's a problem. If, I think there's, there's an, an ion in it somewhere. There's ion in it somewhere, but I don't remember the other. Go ahead. That is correct. It is twin ion engine. Yeah, I hmm. wouldn't have guessed twin, though. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. Where's, yeah, All but here's right. the real question. Where's the twin engine at? It's, got, it's only got one little ball. Where's the other engine at? It's only one. <laughs> what a terrible name. <laughs> Worst. All right, one last question for each of you. We're going, uh, we're going over to Eric here. How many languages can C-3PO speak or understand? <laughs> oh, man. Fluent in, uh, in cyborg relations, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> was it like 682? Ah, oh, no. Sue, I don't want to say it. Go over to Jacob. Is it 9 million? 6 million-ish. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm off. I don't know. I mean, about point six million, nine million, pretty close, right? Like, that's a lot of languages. <laughs> well, you guys knew more than I did, so I will, uh, I will crown you guys real Star Wars fans. <laughs> I think Which Jacob takes this one. He, uh, he definitely uh, takes that yeah, one. Yeah, we both got his name was Owen Lars. See, I it's the, the dude died I, I in like think, three minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because like. Uncle Ben was – did he call Ben Kenobi Uncle Ben or something? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why. So that's all – you know, he wasn't really his uncle. I mean, right. like, I'm just so confused. Like, <laughs> Uncle. Uncle Ben. <laughs> we'll put a complaint into George Lucas for you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us, Jacob. I really appreciate it. And uh, hope you and your family and everyone the best through these times. And Hopefully see you. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure to check out uh, the Fran News and, and check out your YouTube page and anything else you got going on. Yeah, where can, where can we find you, Jacob, our members, if they're looking for you? Yeah, so uh, easiest way is on if it's on Instagram. Um, unfortunately, uh, a kid over in Japan owns the username at Jacob Hepner. So if you're listening to this child, I will pay you $10 for it. Uh, <laughs> other than that, it's jhepner66. Um, and then if you just want to find YouTube, you can literally just Google Hepner Jacob and I'll pop up. Hopefully, if not, I blow. So <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, man. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks, brother. <laughs>